My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. Perhaps we have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Olton. We have a great show today. We are joined by CanCon, Brian Lupo, and by Jeff Lenberg. I want to go ahead and bring them in because we've got a lot to go over, and I don't want to miss any part of this, but there's a false narrative coming out of uh, Michigan about Jeff. The attacks are on. It's, it's a full frontal assault by the radical left, and there's some, there's some other stuff that I'm not going to tell you is happening, but maybe Jeff will... I mean, maybe Brian will give us a little bit of insight, so let's go ahead and bring him in. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me today. We, uh, we, we want to start the show with a prayer. Jeff, I know you wanted to, to say a prayer. I would really like it if that would happen. Um, for all those that are, that are watching, I, I want you to know that uh, yesterday, and, and I normally would not say this on the air, but we've been trying to help a friend. Apollo and I have been trying to help a friend. Apollo more than me. Um, who has just been in a really bad place. And uh, I would say he's, so we haven't been able to get a hold of Apollo. So if you could just include him on the prayer, it's not like him. He usually is the first one here and the last one to leave. So uh, Jeff, I'll just give you the floor to pray. Thank you. I'm going to pray Psalm 1914, uh, my normal one, and then I'll add to that. So Father God, we uh, come before you today and pray Lord, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O God, that only truth would be spoken today. You are the God of truth. You're the author of truth. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to dispel falsehoods and lies today and that you would speak the truth through us and that we wouldn't speak any falsehoods today, Lord. And Father, I pray especially for Apollo and uh, their friend today who's struggling. Lord, you know who it is. And I pray that you would intervene, that you, the God of, uh, of the heavens and the earth, would intervene for this person, Lord, whoever it is, that you would wrap your arms around them, that you'd lift them up, that you'd hold them in your embrace, and that you'd comfort them, you'd give them peace. Whatever the situation is that, that brings someone to despair like that, I, I, I know that you can handle it, Lord, for that person, that you can take them through it. And so we pray that you would do that today for this person. Pray that you give Apollo incredible wisdom and insight and ability to help. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Yeah, it's not a, it's not something that I, I was, I wanted to wake up to this morning. It wasn't on our normal show. You know, he, he texted me last night at like 11 p.m. on some stuff I had sent him. So he was paying attention last night pretty late. So it must have been 
something that happened after that. Yeah, well, we're hoping that he... We're not on Lindell TV, too. Why don't you go ahead and send something to Logan, if you would, please. Get that handled. Um, I'm going to show off my shirt. When, when we get on Lindell TV, i got to show off my shirt. <laughs> let, let, let's go ahead and jump, jump a little bit into it. I do yeah. apologize. I am a little bit concerned about Apollo. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's, not, uh, it's, not, it's not like him. And so it's, I'm a little bit nervous, just, just so we're clear. And I don't have mm. a, a very clear mind. Uh, obviously, both you gentlemen know him. So not saying anything happened to Apollo. We just can't seem to reach him. And he usually, again, is the first one here. So if everybody could just pray for him as well. Yeah. Joe, you want me to kind of guide this a bit? Um, I, I can do that if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, and, and we've got some explosive stuff. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you have a podcast going on tonight, too, that we're going to rebroadcast for you. Right, Brian? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Tonight is uh, the night. You know, we've been sitting on a, a lot of information for a long time, and uh, they tried to present it to the state election board in Georgia yesterday, and uh, they weren't given any more than the public two-minute comment. And um, so they said, you know what, let's go scorched earth. And uh, like you said yesterday, they brought in uh, the CEO of Dominion, John Poulos, to, to give a statement to the Georgia uh, state election board. He took some questions. Uh, it's unclear whether that was a result of, you know, the evidence that was submitted to them by, by these, these individuals. Uh, it's, it's not clear if that's what caused Poulos. We're working on, on confirming that. But uh, either way, we haven't heard from him in almost two years and since, since Michigan. And uh, for him to show up in Georgia after all this stuff was submitted to them, I don't know. But, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff is privy to a little bit of the information. And I think he can say that it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit concerning. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Concerning, yeah, and it's a follow-on to uh, stuff we've seen elsewhere um, recently. So, yeah, it, it uh, is concerning. So we'll talk about that. And then, uh, Joe, are we still on this afternoon uh, to talk about um, standing in the gap and, and we, lesser magistrates we, and so on? 
We absolutely, okay. we absolutely are. Um, okay. Great. I want, I want to, uh, I want to go through this if we can first, uh, Mr. Producer, if you could put this up, this is the article that came out. I want to, I want to talk about this. This is a CNN article that says Trump-backed GOP pick for Michigan AG has been a vocal supporter of election lies. Emails show just how far he's gone for the cause. I want to be very clear. There, there, there's no election lies except for by the radical left and by the people that are trying to subvert our, our constitutional integrity and the voice of the American people. That I yeah, want to say it, right away. Yeah, what, what I call it, Joe, is investigating investigators. Uh, we've seen this over and over and over. Anybody that's trying our very hardest to figure out what the anomalies are and uh, why they occurred, you're just shut down. You're not allowed to ask the question. You're not allowed to dig in. You're not allowed to see any evidence. They, they try really, really, really hard to keep you from seeing anything. And that only makes everybody more concerned when you can't dig in and figure out what really happened, okay? And then when we do get something out of the official establishment about what happened, it's like we saw in Williamson County. I mean, that was a total, um, what can I say about that report that came out? It was nonsensical. I mean, it was no report. Uh, basically, they said we did nothing uh, and we declared the machines recertified. So that kind of stuff is, is the problem uh, that we're dealing with. And really what's going on in Michigan, I'd like to say, and, and I think the focus of today, what we're going to do was to try to focus on uh, some of the evidence because um, that's what they're trying to keep from coming out in Michigan and elsewhere. They don't want the evidence to come out. I mean, we have all those expert witnesses up in the court case there, reports that were written. Uh, they tried to quash that. They tried to quash all of that. Uh, the court case is on appeal to the Michigan Supreme Court. It has not, it's not closed, completely closed. It's, it's on appeal, okay? And so they want to uh, basically shut it down and make the evidence go away so that no one ever hears it. So the point of today's broadcast is I've mentioned it several times. I've been very vocal about saying our election system, from my point of view, what I've been able to see, which is very unique at this point and privileged, I think, uh, inside the system, this uh, hardware software, is that our election system is Swiss cheese. Uh, and, and I want to give some reasons why I say that. Uh, back it up with some, some actual information here. Some of it I've talked before, I've talked about before, and some of it I've not. Uh, there's tons, I've told you guys before, I mean, there's 10 times as much I could talk about um, that has not been talked about anywhere. So we'll, we'll get into some of that uh, today, but I want to put the evidence out there because that's what they don't want to come out is the evidence. In fact, it looks to me like what they're doing in Georgia and in Michigan with this thing about breaches, the reason they're saying that, the Strickland and uh, claiming Strickland and Sullivan did a breach on this equipment, they didn't breach it. They were hired to come in. They are professional forensics people. They have a vault that is certified to store evidence in. They were hired to come in and take that evidence. They did it by court order up in, um, up in Michigan. Uh, the court ordered that. That was totally legal. And down in Georgia, they did it because they got a hold uh, letter uh, from some attorneys that said, you must hold this evidence. And so they did the right thing, which is they proceeded, the county did, to go ahead and get the evidence held, which was the forensic images. It was all above board, everything that they did there. So why are they going after this? Well, they'd like to get somehow all of that declared illegal. 
that all those images taken were illegal so that they, they can go away. They want them to go away so that no one can ever uh, say anything about what came out of those images. And, and there's a lot. And that's, I'm going to talk about some of that today. So, so I want to, I mean, Brian, I want to give you a chance to rebut this, but I want to read a little bit from this article because, but before I do that, Brian, Jeff, have there, either one of you, could, have they brought forward any experts? I mean, Harry Hursting is the only person that I think they brought, Hursting is the only one they brought forward. And he, he's so dumb that he brings up stuff and says stuff and gets caught on tape deleting stuff. But has there been any substantial, any witnesses yes. that they brought forward on their side that, have, that are not working for Dominion that are debunking what we're saying? Because I'm missing it just, if we have. They, they just have. Who's the yeah. one? Uh, just, just one that I know of, and that's Halderman, and that report is sealed. Al, Al, Alex uh, Halderman. So their okay. one witness on their side is saying that the systems are, are compromised. Yep. Yeah. And we have hundreds. I was on the phone last night with the, with the New York Times reporter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Alexandra mm -hmm. Burzon. And she's asking me questions, and I was like, you know, you guys are liars. You know that all you guys <laughs> just keep lying. I kept saying it to her, and she got so mad because I called her a liar. And you have to call them what they are. I go, what experts have you brought forward? I have scoured now the internet, scoured, scoured articles. I haven't found one. I haven't found one that is rebutted. I've seen uh, entertainment uh, journalists. I've seen lawyers that work for CISA. I've seen Dominion people come out and say it's time drift. Yeah. Yeah, there is one, Joe. There is one, and we will talk about that. Uh, and that is Alex Halderman, and he ha does have that sealed report. He is an expert. And as we see the continued assault on our privacy, on our freedoms, and the information war we find ourselves in, it's always important to protect your online activity. So if you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, or maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, if you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode will not solve the problem. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners of Conservative Daily Podcast, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you're getting nine months for free. On top of that, it's an awesome deal. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's running. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch everything you search for and everything you buy take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot go to ipvanish.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings that's ipvanish dot com forward slash daily oh we lost Jeff oh we lost Jeff We'll bring him so back I'll, in. I'll, Go ahead, I'll, Brian. I'll pick up on what he was about to say because there is a briefing in Curling v. Raffensperger from August 2nd, I believe. And it's uh, it's a response to uh, some state state witnesses that were able to look at Halderman's report. And they go through 
they, they released their own opinion on it, to which Halderman released another brief, and that's the August 2nd brief that I'm referring to. And in that brief, Halderman literally goes after these experts and says, they're not looking at what I'm talking about. They're, you know, they're forming their own opinions. It's an incorrect opinion. He basically uh, uh, rebuttaled what the the state the secretary of state's witnesses used to rebuttal halderman so you know once again halderman is uh, look it, it, in the grand scheme of things you look at halderman and you think he's on you know kind of on the, the the state side on this which is ironic because pr prior to 2020 he was you know banned the machines and i still think he is that way but you know they they the the, the media touts this uh he found no evidence you know all that stuff but did he really look for it that's what they never talk about and we haven't really gotten halderman's own uh you know citations on this he hasn't said anything about it uh so yeah the only expert right now is halderman that the state's put forward that i know of and that report is sealed the state tried to rebut that report and they couldn't halderman came back and, and fired back at it so um you know what what halderman says in that report we have no idea but you know i'll, I'll let jeff carry on on that because i know he has his opinions about this uh, yeah, I know the report very well. In fact, uh, we wrote a rebuttal to Halderman's report in Antrim. So uh, there is one report out there. You can go read it. It sounds very academic, uh, very detailed, very precise. It's written in such a way that it's quite believable when you read the whole thing. And there's a lot of truth in what he says in there. But the conclusions and the things he doesn't say are a problem, a huge problem. Okay. So, um, Jeff, is, you know, is he not saying I, I it because spend, he doesn't believe it or is he not saying it because he's compromised and he doesn't want people to hear it? Well, I can't speak to his motives. OK, all I can say is a guy, you know, normally what it's a question of is the person incompetent or he's are they not. willfully or, or are they willfully ne neglectful? OK, now, in his case, I don't think he can claim incompetence. OK. So uh, when he puts, and, and we could do a whole show just on that report, okay? So I don't want to spend the whole show on it right now, I just because I, I think we have a lot to touch on. But we could go to that report and spend a whole show just on that. I will just say this. The, the, the key thing in there that he's covering up is in the shift, which he points out occurred, and maybe it did occur accidentally, but what it did is it, re it revealed a ton of problems within the voting machine equipment. Right. And his conclusion is human error by the county. We just need more training. We need more procedures. Okay. And then he buries down in the recommendations. He has like 18 or 20 recommendations. Most of them are, you know, oh, we got to train the county people better. We got to spend more money to do this or that. And then he's got two or three where he says, oh, by the way, maybe we could get Dominion to do a little better job on their software. Okay. So does, you know, you know, it, I, I recommend that they, you know, they might want to look at fixing this glaring hole that you can drive a a, a fleet of semis through. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, it, it, so for a guy that knows what he's doing to do it to do it that way, I would say it was a cover up. It looks to me like he's purposely doing it. I can't say it. I can't speak to the guy's motives. I'm just saying. He should have been talking about things he didn't talk about. One of them, he's got a chart in there where he shows the shift and he shows the votes for Biden going off. And he just says, no selection. Right. He just in the column, he puts no selection in, in the report, in, in, this, in the graph he has or the, the chart he has. And it wasn't no selection. There was a vote there. There was a selection. But he misrepresents it as no selection. What he really means is it threw the vote away. It threw a selection away, but he represented it as no selections. 
Okay, that is inexcusable. You can't do that. You need to call out the voting machine company and say, look, this is your fault. You, you, you didn't need to do it this way. I'll just summarize it again. Number one, they had a feature in the software that did not require re-indexing the whole database. They advertised that feature. For some reason, the programmer did not use it. They, they, they advertise they can make light minute ballot changes that will not affect the other jurisdictions in that area, okay? Even, it claims, even after voting has started, okay, in, in their literature. So they didn't use that feature. Number two, they make the shift, and they they don't really make sure anybody's notified about it uh, to to update the the, uh, the the sticks and so on, um, and and they didn't have version control. I mean, standard software, Joe. You, we've talked about this before. They didn't have the version control, and oh, they said, oh, maybe they ought to put version control in there. Well, of course they. That's that's computer science one hundred and one to have the version control in there. Right. So we've been over all that stuff before. And his report basically says nothing to see here. The Senate report just voices his report that says, oh, the obvious conclusion was it's human error. And I'm saying it's voting machine uh, incompetence minimum and possibly willful neglect. And, and when, one reason I say that, I'll just tell you, this is new data for most people. In 2010, there was a company that did a software evaluation. You know how they're supposed to inspect the software. This had to do with the Philippines. They put out a report. They said the software is woefully inadequate in its error handling. This was in 2010, okay? Well, it didn't do, at minimum, it did not do basic error handling correctly in Antrim. And right. any test organization worth their salt First of all, the developer would have found that had they tested it properly. Number two is the certification organizations would have found it if they had tested it properly. So uh, there wasn't pro proper testing done on any of this stuff. And Halderman just skips over all of that. He didn't say a word about it. He just says no selection. You know, uh, it's, it's like the report in, in Williamson County, the EAC report that came out, where they said, well, the problem was a misread QR code, so we're just going to set a bit so that it, it gets rid of the symptom of that. It never addresses why was the QR code misread. I mean, these things are highly reliable. Did the printer misprint the QR code? If so, why did the printer misprint a QR code? This is an ICX being used all over the country for a ballot marking device for voting. If you don't understand why it did that, they should all be decertified. Every one of those Jeff, ICXs across the country should be decertified until they find out what actually happened in Williamson County, period. Jeff, real quick, I, I wanna just interject this real quick because I think this is really important for the listeners to understand who you are. And this is something we covered uh, on our interview the other day. And this is a, a, was an affidavit by your former employer uh, who is a very, very decorated and well-respected colonel, retired colonel in the Air Force, an astronaut, um, you know, trusted with the the highest level of security clearance, which you also uh, you also had, correct? Jeff? Oh, I think he froze again. I froze him again. Oh no! All right, we'll, we'll bring well, anyway, him back. Well, anyway, so so I have this. I have this affidavit, and one of the lines in this affidavit has stuck with me ever since, Joe. And I think you'll appreciate this. He said, "This is what this is what his his name. His name was uh, Sydney." McNeil Gutierrez, and you guys can look him up on your own if you'd like. He says, one of the most common vulnerabilities exploited is the natural human tendency to assume a discrepancy is the result of an error rather than a product of a deliberate act. And that is something that we have seen 
in every single explanation given to us, most of them revolving around configuration files, memory cards that are misplaced or didn't upload the data properly, uh, the, you know, the machine shutting down. What, and that's what Jeff's job was when, you know, he was a vulnerabilities tester and he would look at a problem and say, is this problem a naturally occurring thing or is this something that was deliberately put there in order to manipulate information coming in? And I think, you know, that's really important. Uh, Jeff, I was talking about the quote from Mr. Uh, from Colonel Gutierrez where he said one of the most common vulnerabilities exploited is the natural human tendency to assume a discrepancy is the result of an error rather than a product of a deliberate act. And you know, I was I was t talking about how that's kind of what your job was is to is to determine the difference between the two. A absolutely, that's what I did uh, for 17 years. Uh, my last 17 years out of 31 at Sandia, 16, 17 years was that kind of thing. And and um, look, any bad guy out there, bad actor worth their salt, is going to make their stuff if it is ever found or any indications of it they're going to have what's called plausible deniability. They're going to make it so uh, it can easily be attributed to something else. Okay. And, and this is why one of, one of the things I, I'll just get to, it was on my list for today. I'll jump to it for a second. And that is uh, same day registration. Okay. Think about right. same day re registration for a second. Okay. I, I guess mass formation is maybe the excuse for people going, Oh yeah, sure. Say, say yeah, let's do same day registration. It's, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, someone woke up that day and decided, oh, I want to vote today. They knew the election was coming for, you know, ever for many, many months, if not years. They know how old they are. They can register to vote ahead of time, even if they're under, you know, if they're going to be the correct age by that date. There's absolutely no reason in the world for same day registration except for one purpose, plausible deniability. And they already used it. Um, they used it in Philadelphia when people said, well, how did we get all these extra votes that were beyond the number of registered voters? Oh, same day registration. You know, that's how we got tens of thousands of extra votes was same day regis re registration. I mean, that's just nonsense. It's, it's, but they put it there so they have some plausible deniability, even if it's ridiculous. They want some way to say, oh, we can blame it on something else. And there's some chunk of the people will believe it, even though it's totally ridiculous. There's no reason for same-day registration. In fact, you would argue just the opposite. If a person decides on, on election day to vote, even if they have the right to vote, if they decide to, they should not be allowed to vote. And the reason is, how in the world could they have thought through and looked at who they should be voting for? You shouldn't show up at the voting poll and just randomly pick names on a ballot. No okay? question. So, uh, they, they should ahead of time register to vote, figure out who the candidates are, study it, and decide who they're going to vote for. Um, there's responsibilities that come with voting, not just, you know, the right to vote. There's responsibilities. And one is register ahead of time. They need to ban same-day registration in every state, period. And we need to find out, and this is another thing I was going to point out today, is who gets all of these crazy laws enacted. And guess what? There's certain entities out there. NGOs that are doing this kind of thing. Brennan Center is one of them. They put out their score on voter suppression. And, and if you're not doing same day registration, well, you're in the voter suppression column. You know, that's one of their checkboxes. They're out there pushing all the states to enact all the crazy uh, legislation to uh, make it supposedly easier to vote. But just about every one of those things they've done has made it easier to cheat, okay, for the bad guy to subvert the system. Okay, so 
I'm still amazed. So I went back and read the the report that Halderman did in 2000. By the way, it was 2019 that he was an expert. It dates all the way back to 2019 about the election machines and the fraud in the machines. In 2020, he actually went to Hillary Clinton and said the, they stole the elections in the machines. Like there's a long... The two, 20, 2016, yeah. I'm sorry, 2016. The, yeah, 2016, yeah. That, that she lost the election because they, 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 they committed fraud in the machines in 2016. He told her that. You need, to, you need to go through this. He was one of the main people that was out there speaking about it. That's correct. And they spent four years calling Trump a illegitimate president, and we, we were we were there listening to it for four years. Yeah, right. Now here's the interesting thing. Let me comment on that because I actually have that document. I, I don't know, like I, I think I sent it to uh, to Apollo uh, yesterday, but Halderman uh, was claiming all these problems with the voting machines. Uh, he said, look, the real key here is paper ballots. You just got it. That's why we have paper ballots. Go count the paper ballots. Everybody just go count the ballots. And right. he was pressuring the Clinton campaign. He says, look, I know if you count the paper ballots, the Trump team cheated and the other side cheated and that you're going to win. So he was pressing them to count the paper ballots. Well, they declined to. Why did they decline to? Well, I have data, just like a lot of statisticians who looked at 2020, I looked at 2016, in all likelihood, there was cheating that went on in the 2016 election. But it was for Hillary Clinton, probably on the order of 20%. Okay? Wow. Probably on the order of 20%. And I've talked about it before, but one way you can get indication is you remember the pollsters were all shocked about how far off their polls were. Do you remember that? In 2016 and in 2020, both times, they were they basically said, we have to give this profession up. If we can't figure out how we got this wrong, we have to give it up. But and I they think keep, and they I keep have, getting it wrong. It's it's a manipulation. We've seen constant manipulation across the board. They're saying that Carrie Lake is trailing uh, Katie Hobbs. I mean, come yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. Now... But, now here's uh, yeah joe you're talking about the ones there's a lot of pollsters that are not honest pollsters right they're out there manipulating stuff and so on by the questions they ask the way they do it or just maybe plain lying but there's honest pollsters out there and even the honest pollsters in 2016 and 2020 said we missed it again we we didn't get it right and i'm talking about those people how did they get it wrong how does an honest pollster get it wrong and then go on the national network and apologize and say we're, we're toast. If we can't figure out how to fix this, we're toast. Our, our whole profession is toast. And, and they're right. Now, I can tell you how. And this has to do with poll books and registrations and bulking up the rolls and, and shifting votes, uh, potentially. But it fits. And you see it in the data. And that is under, you see a ton of independents registered bulked up all over the country. I sent you that one, Joe, in Colorado, where there's one uh, congressional district there that has more independents than either Republicans or Democrats. More independents, okay? That's what they do. They bulk it up. You can cheat either way, by the way. You can cheat for either either side of this. Well, so me, if you got a, if you got a they, rhino you want to get in, you can get them in. Jeff, Jeff, I believe yeah. that there's a QA problem, right? There's a QCQA problem. I believe yeah. that the system, because they had to keep the circle so tight, that's why you're seeing – I could build a system, I promise you, I could build a system personally that you'd never know. You'd never know. I, I can show you how to build a frictionless system where it would look – everything would look legitimate. I could even make the ballots go through and the glass would show the ballots go through and it could change the ballots. <laughs> like, 
It is not difficult to build a system to do that. Now, this system is poorly written because you have morons and, and retards like Eric Coomer in there that, frankly, don't, don't – he's just not that bright. I mean, he's good at math. Yeah. But yeah. Let, me, let me just but, explain to you something. If I have three ballots and seven ballots, seven ballots for one candidate, three ballots for the other, that's a 70-30 split, correct? Right. All right. All I have to do is this. I had 1,000 ballots to Trump. I believe they cheated on both sides. I just, want you to, I just want you to understand that in order to actually pick your candidate, you have to cheat on both sides. Big bomb, guys. Jeff, log files, right? Log files? Log yep. files. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, you, if I had 1,000 votes, 70-30 split. I don't care who the candidate is. It's, it's Brian versus Jeff. Brian, you get seven votes. You're going to end up losing this, just so you know. You start off on top, but you don't win. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, you got three ballots. Brian, you have 70% of the popular vote. Jeff, you have three, 30%. All right? Uh, Jeff, I'm going to give you 1,000 votes. Now you got 1,003. Brian, I'm going to give you 1,000 votes. Now you got 1,007. Are you still at a 70-30 split? So, so we have sponsors that have been with us for a long time. This one has definitely been here a long time. This is Air Medcare Network. Today's podcast, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road if you travel a lot. If you even drive a lot, even if you don't drive a lot, this is good fire insurance. If you like to hike or spend time outdoors, you want to make sure your family is protected in a medical emergency. If you ever need to be air medically transported with Air Medicare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. Uh, simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily and you'll receive up to a $50 Visa gift card when you sign up today. Now, they also have an Amazon card, but we don't do business with Amazon here on this show. So please do not sign up for this and get the $50 Amazon gift card uh, because that is feeding the beast and we don't feed the beast. So get that $50 um, gift card and sign up. You can go up to, I think the five-year membership is like 300 bucks or something. But uh, so it's even less. So it's $85 a year for your whole family. And then as you go up, it, it, it actually reduces. So airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Yeah. That is how know. phantom ballots and that is how fraudulent ballots work. That's how it works. One way. It's a fixed function. <laughs> no, but, but in order to get an outcome where the ballots mm-hmm. can line up, I've got to know how many ballots I just have to drop into a bucket. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, we've proven that the machines that I can just go photocopy 50 ballots, and those 50 ballots will go into the machine, and they will record those votes. That happened in Georgia, right? Okay. So I can – you see what happened in in Arizona. All the ballot boxes were open, and ballots were just stuffed in every box, right? It's simple. How many did the system actually reproduce and give to Jeff, and how many did they give to Brian? And you notice Mm -hmm. they've kept us away from the ballots. This is not a theory. I just want you to know. This is not a p-value. This is not a theory. This is the, this is Dominion, ESNS, Smartmatic. There are RFPs, RFQs. The information that we have, the stuff that we know about log files. This all just is the mountain of how you actually design a fraud to steal the voice of the American people. That function allows for you to get to almost a 50-50, which we've seen in almost every state, right? And then all of a sudden it does this. And where they really had a problem was in places like Michigan, places like Pennsylvania places like Ohio that we, that we still barely won, places like Arizona, places that should never have switched, Tarrant County, Texas, 
It's a simple system in order to implement. It literally would take 10 lines of code and or a fixed function inside of the, the, the uh, code itself. And then as you transfer it from the machines up to Seidel and up to, up to uh, Edison, it can zero itself out. Yeah, that, that's also ridiculous, um, and you know, to be sending it off to these in-between organizations. Another point of huge vulnerability, because they're a buffer, and now they there's no one telling us it's opaque. How are they filtering those votes out? They could get a vote in at 7 p.m. and not release it until 2 a.m. I mean, no one's watching what they're doing and how they're they're throttling those votes in and out of the system. So. That's got to be eliminated also, huge vulnerability. But what I was going to say about the pollsters getting it wrong, if I can just finish that real quick, is that um, what we see in the data is we see this uh, bulking up of independence. Then what we see in actual data is very low turnout for Republicans and very high turnout for independents, mm -hmm. incredibly high. Okay, so what's going on, it appears to be going on. And then when, when you go out and do canvases, that's what you find. You go out and canvas and you find, oh, a bunch of people said they voted, but the system says they didn't vote. Why is that? They didn't mark them as voting. Instead, they marked someone else's voting who didn't vote, okay? So that the numbers come out uh, correct, and so it kind of looks okay percentage-wise. Well, you know, only 29% of the Republicans turned out in that area, and, and they got 29% of the vote, so that all seems fine. When really, they had 40% turnout there. And they got 29% of the vote. And you go, wait a second, that doesn't stand out. I, I mean, that, does, that can't be right. So they have to fix it. That's why the e-poll books have got to go. Poll books are an architect. I'm going to talk about architecture issues, and this is one of them. Electronic poll books. If you have an electronic poll book, talk about manipulation. Not only is the thing open to the internet, and in Georgia, they demonstrated they could go out and order Domino's pizza, you know, during the election if they wanted on that poll book. I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay, but then who's got access to that? They know who voted where. They know who, more importantly, they know who didn't vote. Okay, so they know a computer, when I say they, a computer algorithm, you know this, Joe, it's a computer algorithm you run. You know how many votes you stuffed in, where you stuffed them in, and you run it through the system after the fact and say, I got to add in, you know, 15,000 votes here or there. I got to put them in these precincts. The computer algorithm figures it all out based on the poll book data. And then in Michigan, and this is another thing I was going to uh, touch on, uh, is, is the laws. They pass these ridiculous laws, okay, like same-day registration. But here's one. In Michigan, I just found out, they're required by law to delete the poll books five days after. They delete the evidence by law. They're required to delete it. So, why, so why would you pass such a ridiculous law as that? You just deleted the evidence, all right? So they get to use it to do, if they want to, a bad actor to do whatever manipulation they want, and then the evidence is deleted. So That's so not I, right. Brian, I want to get your thought on what Jeff just said, and I want to, I want to ask this question if I can. Uh, put it up if you would. You said once you know who voted, you know who didn't vote, right? That's correct. Okay. So in this diagram, by the way, so this was done in December of 2020, we didn't have any information. We had no information at all. And you see the little dots, the one, two, three, four, five, six. These are the points of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. now keep in mind, they weren't talking about this at all. And these, are, these concentrate mostly on the two ways by which they orchestrate something together in order to create stolen elections. And that is mail-in ballots or absentee ballots. 
and um, uh, the machines. And so once it goes through the first set, uh, I, you know, I first adjudication, I call it adjudication. They say, oh, it's not adjudication. It's a signature verification. That means adjudication, by the way. Um, so adjudication number one compares those records, and they have to have some sort of voter registration validation. From there, once it's verified, now this is absentee ballots and this is in-person ballots would go through a similar system. You would have to prove who you were in order to vote. But the in-persons are, the, are not the ones that we've seen most of the record problems with. But once you actually go down to verified and you put the ballots in, you separate it from the envelope, the envelope is supposed to be another way to tell how many mail-in ballots, because you should have, if you have 50,000 mail-in ballots, you should have 50,000 envelopes. But a lot of the envelopes got destroyed too. So that's the three. So take the three, the three is another vulnerability of which they can lie and cheat in the mail-in ballots. Then you start looking at the fake ballots and the phantom ballots and ballots that can be manufactured inside the tabulation system. And then that can be sent to adjudication. We saw the high adjudication process where intent is determined, and then that could go to good count. Now, inside of the Dominion system, you have the ability to suspend ballots. You can put those ballots into a suspense. We saw this with SQL databases and other things that they set that went side by side with the system inside of, uh, of Dominion specifically, right? And so once you know who voted, everything came down. Remember, in all states, the system came down. Go ahead, take that down if you would. The, the system came down, and then it came back up, right? So we saw it was systematic across the board. We quit counting, and then we saw the Edison zero happen, where it, across all 50 states, it went brrrr, It came down, and when it came back up, there was a huge increase in the number of ballots that, in, in comparison that Trump got. So Trump came in at lower, and Biden came in at higher. As you examine that on a state-by-state -state basis, in those fixed states that we're talking about with Edison, it reset those numbers, recalibrated them dramatically. So once you know who voted, you also know who didn't vote, and you have, you have phantom ballots or you have fake ballots that you send through, I now, you, using a very, very simple system, here are the people that voted, here are the people that didn't vote, and I can literally just go like this. Boop, that ballot goes to this person, that ballot goes to this person. That's why you have dead voters that did it. That's why you have, and it didn't take any amount of people. It didn't take 50 people in 30 different states. It didn't take any of that. It took one person, one algorithm. bad actor. It's a computer algorithm. We found in the state of New Mexico, I mean, we, we only have like 900,000 votes to, you know, we have 2 million people that live in the state. I mean, but we claim to have had 9,100 people vote in 2020. And um, yeah, uh, on those rolls, we had people on the rolls who, uh, when, when I was uh, scrubbing those rolls, looking at them, that had not voted in like four elections. And we had like 60,000 people that had not voted in like four election cycles. And they shouldn't be on the rolls. Um, they should be gone. But these people were, were non-existent. But these are the people, some of them, that was just some of them sitting there that you could pick up and, and vote because they're not likely to vote. But even then, even if they did vote in the last election cycle, if you know they didn't vote today, and they do know that from the electronic, everybody's doing these electronic poll books now, a computer algorithm just assigns it wherever it needs to be assigned. Um, now, you're talking about the reporting system. I want to jump to that for a second, because one of the things I was going to reveal today that people probably haven't heard is on the EMS. Okay, so the, the Dominion EMS, it has a feature, a feature that doesn't belong there, where you can export votes to a spreadsheet. And, and theoretically, this is so that you can have an external adjudication board, but you can export any votes you want 
to a spreadsheet. Your board goes off and adjudicates those votes, change them any way they want, come back and re-import them, and that is the official vote. And that's why you can't see okay. paper ballots. And and I, I'm going, that's nuts. I mean, you and I know, Joe, you get on that system, you have a script. <laughs> They're saying it so it can go to an external adjudication board, you know, that's not computerized. Uh, but a bad guy puts a script in there, says, okay, suck them down, uh, modify them this way. Oh, re-import them into the system. I just modified the system and did whatever I wanted to to the results. Okay, another thing, since you're talking about the reporting that doesn't belong in the system that I was going to talk about is they put features in this system for reporting that absolutely should be removed, should have never been there in the first place. Um, this idea of making a chaotic system uh, un unnecessarily, that quote that I had before, Joe, if you remember that one, uh, I think I sent it to Apollo again, but, uh, but we see that. What, they, what you can do, and apparently they did in a bunch of states. Did anybody wonder how they called states so quickly, how the vote counts came through so quickly? Well, they have a feature on the system where when you read it, you're supposed to verify them. They come into this queue, you get to see the results, you get to review it, and then you verify it and you publish it. Okay, you move it to the next stage. A person looks at it and publishes it. Guess what? So checkbox, you check it that says auto publish. Unknown caller. No, no review, no review, just auto publish. I wonder how many counties in how many states had that pre-programmed to auto publish. So you. But we don't. Why, we don't well, know how? that to be. We don't know that to be a fact. We, you know, that, this is just something we're looking into. So I want to. I want to separate what we're having we that know. is conjecture yeah. or an opinion, a theory. I think it's important for everyone to understand that you, the work that you've done outside of that has been concise. So I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want them to take a sound bite of this and go, "Well, now Jeff's talking about this or this, and that this could have happened. How yeah. many of these could have happened?" So I want to be really clear. Yep. The, yeah. the work that you've done has been concise in what did happen, not what could happen. But what I am talking about here is the architecture of the system is bad. It's wrong. Right. And there's a bunch of things they put in the system that absolutely do not belong there. They're vulnerabilities. And this is one of them. You should not have a feature to be able to turn off the downloading of the logs, the security the system security logs. You should not have a switch to turn off the downloading of the images. You should not be able to program the tabulator to not take the images, not record the images, that is, okay? Right. Um, all of these things that are in there are problems with the architecture. And um, it, it just doesn't belong there at all. In fact, the image one, let's talk about that because we wrote an expert report on this, okay? We wrote an expert report on the images. So in the Senate report, you know, in the CNN article, they, uh, live piece, they, they said, oh, and the Senate report confirmed that there was no problem in Michigan, okay? They, they touted the Senate report. Well, in the Senate report, um, they said, Jeff, oh, do you want me to bring the, the Michigan Election Security Advisory Commission thing up? Uh, not that one. It would be the Senate report if you have that handy. But let me just uh, speak to it for a second. That's a separate one, the, the, the advisory one. Um, we can talk about that for a minute, too. But, but in the, uh, the Senate report, what uh, the guy that wrote this said, 
and I don't know any of those people personally, um, they wouldn't allow us to come present evidence to them. Instead, they just interpreted our, our, our reports, apparently. They said they read it and watched video, watched our videos and so on. But anyway, he said, oh, the law does not require us, does not require that images be saved. That was his excuse for the images being turned off. Now, what he didn't say is that Ben Cotton found on the cards images for the 2018 election and images for the primary, the 2020 primary election. So the standard procedure for Michigan was already to store the images. And then we have a letter, a Dominion email that we got through Discovery that shows that Dominion unilaterally turned off the images, unilaterally. In that, it doesn't say they had permission from the Secretary of State. They just turned off a major security feature of the equipment and said, we're not going to save the images because we think it'll speed up the transmission time of the results on these modems that we don't have, that we don't use. Right? He testified that they don't use modems, that they don't use external communications. But they turned off the images so that the commu external communications that they don't use would speed up. They are using them, okay, in various places there. We know that. That's it for part one of this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Part two is coming up next, and you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. God bless America.